Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 108. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation, have you ever wanted to start a podcast but don't have the time, knowledge, or skills? Just record an MP3, send it to my team here at Entrepreneur on Fire, and we do the rest. It's really that simple. Visit podplatform.com, that's podplatform.com, to find out more. Okay, let's get started. I am simply ecstatic to introduce my guest today, Desiree Vargas Wrigley. Desiree, are you prepared to ignite? Yes, I am. All right. Originally from Costa Rica and Kansas, Desiree graduated from Yale. Prior to launching GiveForward, she worked as a specialist in collegiate entrepreneurship at the Kauffman Foundation and as an independent consultant for the Arabella Philanthropic Investment Advisors. Desiree is passionate about philanthropy and the role that young and small donors can have on our communities. Wow, that was a mouthful, Desiree, but I got through it. I gave Fire Nation a little overview, but take a minute. Tell us about yourself personally. We want to get to know you, and then tell us about your business. Okay, sure. So I I don't know where to start. I guess I'm a 30-year-old entrepreneur, social entrepreneur. I started my business with my partner, Ethan Austin, in 2008, so we've been around a little bit over four years. And in that time, uh, I think Ethan and I have both really kind of just taken a hold of our role in the social venture sphere and especially here in Chicago. So it's been fun to kind of come of age as uh, the Chicago startup scene is starting to grow also. And I have a little 11 month old boy and a wonderful husband and a staff of 23 people here in Chicago. Wow. That's a big family. (laughs) Yes, it is. So Desiree, we like to start Entrepreneur on Fire Off with a success quote. We do that because we like to get the motivational ball rolling and get people excited for this great social entrepreneurship content that you're going to share with us. So what do you have for Fire Nation today? So the quote that has really been a guiding principle for me since the beginning is um, uh, an anonymous Zen quote, and it is, leap and the net will appear. And, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs have to do that. At some point, they have to make the decision, I'm not going to look for another job or I'm not going to stay in the job I'm in right now. And I just have to make this leap and pray and hope and believe that it's going to work out. And so I think that, you know, if you choose the right thing to leap into and you've done enough research that you really can um, kind of expect that net to appear eventually. I love that. Now, take us down to the ground level, Desiree. This is about your journey as an entrepreneur. This is about you. How have you applied this quote's mentality to your everyday life? Sure. So I'm going to go back a little bit and tell you that kind of the history of the idea for GiveForward. So you have some context of that leap. But I basically came up with the idea for GiveForward when I was inspired by Hurricane Katrina in 2006. I was frustrated that there wasn't an easy way for, you know, individuals to give to people who were trying to rebuild, that we had to go through a big nonprofit. And as a small scale donor, you don't necessarily know where your money's going to go. And if you look at kind of how much Americans give, small scale donors really do make up the backbone of American philanthropy. So I thought that it was really kind of an unfair system and that there should be an easier way for people to give to people. So um, on my 25th birthday, I was 
I had made the decision to move to Chicago and I was trying to think about what I wanted to do with my life. And I looked around and I saw that I had all of these other friends who were in the same position. They were, you know, in their twenties trying to figure out what their passions were and just didn't have any idea of how to get out of the paralegal jobs or the insurance jobs that they were doing to go find something that they really cared about. And so I was thinking, well, what if I started a company that helps these people find their passion? And in thinking about that, I thought, how would I fund it? And then this kind of came back to the idea of online raising money people to people. And I realized this was now in 2007 that that concept just did not exist on the web. And so I had this idea in the back of my head and I got really excited about it, but I didn't have any money and I was moving to Chicago where I had no network. And so I decided, okay, instead I'm going to take this consulting job for Arabella. But I spent the entire year, 2007, thinking about all the different ways that a site like Give Forward would help people. And at one point I went into a convenience store and I saw a change jar for a baby that needed a heart transplant. And this family was trying to raise $350,000 a quarter at a time. And I remember thinking, oh, if this company existed, these people would have so much more power behind this fundraising effort. And so it got to a point where I was just like, it was consuming all of my thoughts. Give Forward was literally waking me up in the middle of the night. At one point, I heard this voice in my head telling me to get started. I jumped on my computer um, wrote this little three-page business plan while I was traveling in Costa Rica, and I just sent it off to a professor at Northwestern who ran a small business clinic. And I cut my trip short and came back. And it was in that like experience that I I decided to make the leap. And then my mom bought me a magnet that said "Leap in the Net Will Appear," and it was almost like it just defined my whole last six months. So um, it definitely was an important part of how we got started as a company. But then it's also a big part of how we bring on some of our team members. Like Ethan, I met through a Super Bowl party. And it was kind of a gamble to take a, on a, a partner who I didn't really know, but who seemed passionate about the idea. But there was something about his conviction to fundraising into the peer-to-peer -peer space that was so compelling that I just thought, I just you have to take a risk sometimes. You have to go with your gut and you have to just, you know, really be careful, but you also have to be confident that the decisions you're making will, will work out. What a great tie-in you had there with your mother giving you the magnet. And that's kind of what you've used as a mantra from that point forward. And I just love also that vision of you waking up in the middle of the night and just getting up and running your business plan, because that is such an important vision for entrepreneurs to grasp onto is the fact that you just need to start. I mean, you could have just kept thinking about it and just never quite really started those wheels turning, but Finally, you just had enough, you got up and you started, and now look where you are now. That's just one thing that I continuously stress to Fire Nation is whatever your passions are, whatever you want your dreams to become, just start. Even if it's something small, even if it's just writing down a couple words on a piece of paper, just start. And look what that did for you, Desiree. Yeah, I can't agree more. You know, the the idea that it finally all came together, honestly, in, in March of 2006 seven, you know, in terms of like what this company would do, but it took me almost a year to get the courage to actually start it. And there were two reasons for that. The first was that change.org launched in February of 07. And the initial idea there was that it was going to be this social action tool. Um, and what has become is more, it's still social action, but there's not a big fundraising component to it. And um, there were, there was in the early days, but so I remember when they launched and I thought, okay, well, change.org is already first to market, like 
there's no point in me even trying this idea. But then I watched and I realized that they weren't turning into what I wanted Give Forward to turn into. And so the summer of 2007, I actually um, was in Chicago just randomly at a, this luncheon and I was seated next to Andrew Mason, you know, who was the founder of Groupon. But at the time, he was launching The Point. And The Point was supposed to be a social action site that included fundraising. And he had already raised $6 million. And so I was telling him about my idea for Give Forward. And he said, well, you know, we might be competitors, kind of, you know, half serious. But I remember thinking, well, you have $6 million. There's no way I will ever be able to compete with that. I have $0 and no one's building anything yet. And so I kind of sat back and just watched as The Point didn't turn into what I wanted Give Forward to be. And so once I saw those two things happen, I was like, how many times am I going to let someone else build my idea before I just take ownership of it and just go? And, you know, I just can't stress enough how important it is to just get out there and try it because there are so many similar ideas out there. And if you don't move, you're going to end up being one of those people that says, oh, yeah, I had that idea once. But that idea is not nearly as valuable as the experience of building it and trying it and falling down and picking yourself up and you know, keeping going. So go out there and do it. Desiree, thank you for calling us out. This is you calling out all entrepreneurs who are sitting there being like, yeah, but yeah, well, no, you're right. Just get out there and do it. Everybody's passion, everybody's dream has a small twist or has a twist that's just different in some angle in some way. And you, that person, that entrepreneur are unique. So go out there, throw your passions into it and just start. So Thank you for just being that beacon of light of someone who's gone out there and done that, Desiree, despite the fact that you had your misgivings at the beginning as well. Let's use that now to move in to the next topic because Entrepreneur on Fire is about your journey, Desiree. And your journey as an entrepreneur has been a very interesting one. So take us back to some point when you failed or when you've come up to an obstacle or a challenge that you've had to overcome and share with Fire Nation how you overcame that obstacle. Sure. I mean, any business that's been around for even a year has a lot of those obstacles and stories that they can tell. But I think one of the biggest personal struggles for me, what happened um, right at the one-year point, so in August of 2009, I, Ethan and I had the company and originally we started as a tool so that anyone could raise money for anything. I mean, I, we didn't know that medical fundraising was going to be our focus in the beginning. And so we spent the first year just, you know, reaching out to sororities and fraternities and churches and, you know, anyone that was in this, the sphere of fundraising, trying to get them to use the site. And at the one year point, we had helped people raise $185,000. And at the time we were taking um, 3% of donations. So we had made about $6,000 in a year. And Ethan looked at me and he was like, we can't keep going this way. Like there's, there's nothing indicating that this is really working except for medical fundraising. I think we need to pivot and just be about medical fundraising. And at the time I was really afraid to do that. I thought we were going to pigeonhole ourselves into something that might be too small. We had no idea what the market size was. And I was also afraid of abandoning my initial vision, which was like the number one fundraising platform in the world. You know, I could just give forward, like it was so big, I couldn't even fathom it in my, in my early mind and my early vision. Um, so the decision to listen to my partner was actually a really big obstacle. And ultimately I decided that, you know, he might be right, that sometimes you have to focus in order to grow really big. And so that was a gamble that it took me a little while to come to terms with, um, but we started out just saying, okay, we're going we're gonna to brand around medical, but we are still going to let other people use the site for other things, including nonprofits. And then we realized that that was the wrong decision. We really needed to get nonprofits out of our 
out of our space um, and just be purely focused on, you know, helping loved ones in need. And that I mean, it was the absolute right decision for us that being hyper-focused in one segment of the crowdfunding industry has given us a leg up in that space. You know, we go to talk to hospitals and now they recognize us as the number one player in the medical fundraising. And yes, some of our competitors are starting to spend some of their energy and some of their PR dollars in getting more medical fundraisers. But at the end of the day, we've done double what all of them have done, um, at least in, in medical fundraising. So it really, I think... It was a valuable lesson for me and something I had to realize that sometimes you have to give up a little part of your vision to truly become what you want to be. It's such a valuable lesson, Desiree. And I love the terminology that you use. You didn't want to pigeonhole yourself. And that is such a common fear that so many entrepreneurs when they start out have because they just want to have this product or service that can fit the world. You ask them, who's your target audience? Who's your avatar? And they just come back and say, well, really, anybody could be. I mean, this is for anybody, the billions of people across the world. And when you do that as an entrepreneur, you become this jack of all trades, but a master of none. And you have no USP, no unique selling proposition. You have nothing to distinguish yourself from the other thousands of companies that are out there doing similar things that you're doing. But when you take the step like Give Forward took and you really just promote yourself in a certain area and become this master of that certain area and become known for it, then the snowball effect becomes so prevalent and you build so quickly off of that. Did you find that to be the case? You're exactly right. By having an actual target market and understanding who our customers really are, we were able to go after them and let them know about Give Forward. And we were also able to customize our features around the things that are really important to them, which we weren't able to do as much in the last year because we didn't have um, the resources. But now that we've raised uh, our Series A1, we now have a tech team that's able to roll out these features. And there are a lot of exciting things coming from the team um, in early 2013. Awesome. And that's just one common theme that I'm hearing interview after interview, Desiree, is that entrepreneurs really need to just focus on becoming the master of this really small niche. And then once they have, once they become known for something, for anything, then you can build off of that. I mean, Give Forward now has the opportunity to potentially build off of where you are and to go into other areas because you become so well-known and so good at what you do. But when you try to start with such a wide net, you're not going to catch any fish. But when you really just start with that really focused net and you start to catch a fish and you can just continue to expand out slowly from that. So that is just a great realization that you had. It fits in perfectly with our next topic, which is an aha moment. That was definitely an aha moment of source for you. I mean, when you saw the results about taking that step, obviously you had an aha moment, but take us back to another point in your journey. We want to hear a light bulb that went off and how you took action on that light bulb and turned it into success. So our biggest aha moment that led us down the medical fundraising path happened when um, two sisters came on our site and the younger sister created a gift forward page so that she could raise money to give her older sister one of her kidneys. And it was a really amazing story in the sense that this was a middle-class family. You know, they paid all their bills. They owned a home. They had two daughters in college. They had insurance, but uh, the older daughter had maxed out her transplant coverage with a heart transplant that she'd had when she was 10. And the medication that she was put on is what caused her kidneys to be destroyed. So, I mean, this is something that 
you just can't predict this would happen to a family. And unfortunately, the older daughter's part of the procedure wasn't covered. So Amy, her younger sister, came on Give Forward and created a page. And within 30 days, the girls had raised over $30,000, which, you know, isn't enough money to do an entire procedure, but it was enough money to get the attention of the hospital that was going to do the procedure, and they agreed to do the procedure um, for the $30,000, which was really amazing. And it, it was such an aha moment for me and Ethan, I think, because we always thought of medical debt and medical expenses as being like a lower middle class, lower income problem. We didn't realize the extent to which it affects American families. And so when we saw that story and we, you know, we took it to the press, we got it at the time, it seemed like so easy. Oh, we'll just get in, you know, USA Today, no big deal. Yeah. Um, but I, I can't believe it was so easy, actually, that they picked up a story. Um, and it was in the Chicago Tribune and Chicago Sun-Times. And we started to see more and more medical fundraisers come into our site. And we started to get a real flavor for the type of people that are going through this. And what we discovered is these are completely middle-income people. Almost 90% of our users have insurance. And it's just that they're either choosing to get coverage outside of their network or, I mean, choosing to get treatment outside of their network or, you know, the wife has to stop working so she can go through her treatment and now they have to put the kids in daycare. And, you know, all these like outside expenses that just really add up when you're going through a procedure. And something that I think a lot of Americans don't realize is that even with really decent insurance, if you get diagnosed with cancer, you're going to spend $8,500 in out-of-pocket expenses your first year of treatment. And a recent study in the U.S. showed that um, over 50% of Americans can't come up with $2,000 in a pinch. So the gap between what people can afford and what healthcare actually costs us is really significant. And it wasn't until you know, these girls brought this to our attention that Ethan and they were able to really examine how big of a problem this is. And it's really a silent problem, or it has been for a long time. And what's so exciting about social media and about crowdfunding in general is that people are more willing to communicate about these financial struggles that they're going through. And so, you know, even though bankruptcy, 62% of bankruptcies is caused by medical related debt, now people are aware of that, where they weren't aware of it, I think, you know, five years ago. And so it's been really exciting for us to see that we can play a role in changing the economic landscape of a family who's going through a medical crisis. That, that is such an empowering part of the business that we're in that we didn't ever realize would be like the number one driver of our staff, like the number one thing that inspires and encourages people. That is a great aha moment. And on that note, Desiree, have you had an I've made it moment? Well, it's funny because I, um, I've had little ones and they get cooler each time. But my first, my first, um, I've made it moment was not a true I've made it moment, but it was the first time someone recognized me from a publication, and I was, I don't know how much of the story people know, but Ethan and I bootstrapped this company for the first two and a half years, so I literally waited tables at it a Spanish tapas restaurant, um, like five days a week. And Ethan was blogging on the side and, you know, we were working really hard and I waited on this table and this guy goes, you look really familiar. Do you, do you own a company in Chicago? And I was like embarrassed, but also excited, uh, that someone had actually recognized me. So by no means was that an I've made it moment, but it was like a, I'm someone that people might recognize in the future. So that was kind of the first entree into that as an opportunity. Um, but Really, I think the biggest I've made a moment was when I made the Cranes list of um, 40 women to watch in Chicago. 
And I think the biggest reason for that was that Oprah was on the same list and my picture was huge and Oprah's picture was small. And so I got to show it to my family and everyone was kind of like, whoa, you're actually running this legitimate business and you know, people respect it. And it was definitely kind of that moment of validation for me um, in my network of people who were kind of in the beginning wondering what it is I was trying to build. No, those are, those are great moments, Desiree. Thank you for sharing them. And that's why I love this question because every entrepreneur interprets I've made it moments differently. Some people say, man, I'll never have one. Some people say, I have them every single day. For me, it's all about the milestones and the journey of the entrepreneur. And that's part of your journey when you were recognized, when you were waiting tables by somebody that you own your own business. And then that whole thing with your picture being near Oprah and actually even being larger, those are all exciting things in our lives, part of the journey and need to be enjoyed as accomplishments that they are. Because if it's not all about the journey, then what are we doing? So I'm glad to hear that you're enjoying the journey, Desiree. Keep it up. And on that note, let's move into your current business because you have a lot of cool things going on right now. We've talked about a bunch of them, but if you could narrow it down, boil it down to one thing that you're really excited about, what would that be? I think the thing that I'm most excited about is the opportunity that we have at Give Forward to really differentiate ourselves from the rest of the crowdfunding sector. I think that there are like 500 plus companies that are doing some kind of people giving to people. And for us, because we know our market so well and we really know the people that we're serving, we have the opportunity to build features and tools and resources that other crowdfunding platforms just don't have an opportunity to do. And so each time we roll out, you know, like a hint of one of them, our users get excited and it gets us really excited about the potential of being so much bigger than just a financial transaction site. We really have an opportunity to serve a role in people's lives that helps connect them, helps them grieve, helps them celebrate, um, and just really inspires them to be the healthiest and most successful people on this medical journey as they can possibly be. So I think that's probably the most exciting thing for me is realizing that we're more than just money from one person going to another. So what's your vision or your hope for the future of Give Forward? One of the nice things about, I was going to add this earlier in the conversation is that, you know, when you focus, it's so much easier to come up with your vision statement and your mantra and your mission. And so over the last year and a half, we've really been able to kind of foster that within our, our team. And we define our vision as being the number one site that people turn to when a loved one is in need. We really believe that there's going to be a day when you hear about a friend who gets in a car accident or loses their job or something bad happens and you think, oh, we need to create a Get Forward page. Like, that's that's what we want. That's what we think was going to happen. Um, and just to add on to that, our, our mantra internally um, and externally is create unexpected joy. And really, that's the lens that we look through everything from hiring to feature creation to the way that we correspond with our users. And so we believe that the way that we're going to be that number one site that people turn to is by bringing an element of joy to the people's lives that we work with on a constant basis. Awesome, Desiree. I have no doubt that you will reach that vision, that goal. Thank you. I hope you're right. (laughs) So we've now reached my favorite part of the show, Desiree. We're about to enter the lightning round. And this is where I get to ask you a series of questions. And you come back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? No pressure. Sure. Okay. (laughs) What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Definitely a fear of failure. I feel like I got this expensive education and that I needed to 
have something to prove from it. And that entrepreneurship was a huge deviation from that path. And so fa- failing when all of my friends were, and family were looking, I think was probably the scariest part. What is the best business advice you ever received? I know it's cliched, but go with your gut. I've made a bunch of mistakes and it was because I thought I was making the smart decision, but I was making the one that was counter to what my like physical being was telling me to do. And if I had listened to that, that voice, I think that we would be farther along than where we are. I love that. Go with your gut. And I mean, I encountered the same kind of things when I was launching Entrepreneur on Fire and I was going forward telling everybody, I'm going to do five-day-a-week show. Everybody said, John, you're crazy. That's way too much content. And I just knew in my gut that there was a huge audience out there that just needed and wanted content every single day when they're driving to work, when they're exercising, to hear people like yourself, Desiree, talk about your inspired and passionate journey. And I've definitely been rewarded for going with my gut, and I know that you've been rewarded for going with your gut at certain levels with Give Forward. So I definitely hope that everybody takes this to heart. Go with your gut. Yeah, absolutely. And congratulations on all of your progress. I think when I was first starting Give Forward, not I didn't have this kind of daily dose of inspiration, and I really wish that I had because I think that there are some really rough parts in the journey and that if you can look to mentors and to even kind of anonymous mentors like you offer through this program, that it really can help kind of keep you on your path and keep you motivated. So congratulations to you for being so successful in this. Thank you, Desiree. That really does mean a lot. What's something that's working for you or give forward right now? So something really exciting has happened and that is that we raised money and we were able to hire like a management layer to the company, which has never been there before. And it's definitely been rough on me and Ethan because we've actually had to relinquish some control over departments that we really love passionately, like for me, biz dev and for him coaching. Um, But the thing that it's done is it's just created this whole new sense of energy in the staff and they have this, they have new bosses. So they feel they have this new drive to perform and to measure. um, And it just has brought a whole new dimension to our business that while challenging at times has, has really been just inspiring. I don't know any other word for it. You know, the pace with which we are able to move now is so much faster and the enthusiasm and the breaking down of silos, all of these things are happening because we've brought in the right people. And so that's probably the thing I'm most excited about right now. That's very exciting. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're in love with that you can share with Fire Nation? I don't know if they're ones that people don't know about. I have a couple that I use daily that I love. I mean, I'm still a huge um, Posturist fan. I use it for uh, keeping track of my things that are happening with my baby, things that are happening with my business. So I definitely like those like moments of being able to just record what's happening in life from my phone. Um, I also am a huge fan of Boomerang on Gmail because it reminds me to bring things back um, to front of mind, especially with my team, because it's easy for me to kind of archive things because I think they're done. Um, and then uh, Reportive is also a big tool for me just because I love knowing who I'm talking to over email and being able to see their latest tweets and being able to see their face. So those no, are my favorites. Those are great resources. And I will link all these up in the show notes. For people that don't know, Boomerang is a way that you can actually schedule an email to be sent back to you at a future time. And correct me if I'm wrong, Desiree, but I believe, I believe Reportive is a way that when you're in somebody's, when you're in your Gmail uh, email message, you actually see a kind of a bio of whoever wrote you, whatever they wrote. Yeah. So if it's 
you know, if their um, LinkedIn profile is public, you get a snapshot of their LinkedIn profile. I think they were actually just purchased by LinkedIn. Um, and then you also see their most recent tweets. And then you have the option to connect to them over um, Facebook or Google+. So it's just a nice way. Like, you know, if it's one of your friends, you can actually see their most recent photos that they've uploaded. It's just kind of a cheat sheet for uh, connecting with people. So I love it. <laughs> Say, oh, I love your dog, Sammy. They're like, whoa, how'd you know my dog, Sammy? Oh, I know. <laughs> it is a little creepy. They should call it something else, like Creepster or something. But <laughs> <laughs> Creepster. I don't know if Link- LinkedIn could have bought a company named Creepster, though. <laughs> True. Well, since we're on this side note, Desiree, I'm going to ask you a side note question. Having okay. the last name Wrigley and living in Chicago, do you get hit up for Cubs tickets all the time? Um, no, actually, I don't. If anything, I get... Uh, in the startup world, people think like, oh, why is she raising money? She's a Wrigley. Um, but the reality is, is that my husband is a police officer. He's distantly, distantly related to the Wrigleys and uh, we are not in anyone's will. But we do live right by Wrigley Field. And so it's pretty funny. We we are default Cubs fans. We have no choice. <laughs> I just know that I live in Red Sox nation. And if anybody's last name was Fenway, then I would definitely be hitting them up on a daily basis. Yep. Well, they used to let police officers like sneak into the, the stadium for free. And the fact that he was Officer Wrigley made it that much easier for him to get people in, but not anymore. So. <laughs> what business book would you recommend for Fire Nation? I feel like I'm going to be more cliched, but Lean Startup really did a, a magical thing for our company. It really got people thinking about, you know, how can we do this as easily as possible and test as much as we can before we really spend a lot of money to roll anything out. So Lean Startup is huge for us here. And we also love the book Lynchpin um, because it's really about kind of taking ownership over your position and acting like the CEO of your position. And I think it's been really empowering for our team. And then another book that we read, it's a little older, um, it's called Hug Your Customers. But it's very much the foundation for how we consider our users. And it's just that at any moment, we want to go above and beyond to make those people feel loved and supported and that they know there's a person on the other end of the computer screen. Awesome books, Desiree. All of these will be linked up in the show notes as well. And that takes us to our last question, Desiree. It's my favorite, but it's a little tricky. So take your time, digest, and then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew nobody. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I can't emphasize the power of having a network enough. When, when Ethan and I were first starting Get Forward, we uh, went around and pitched uh, more even before I brought Ethan on, I pitched to like two VCs, which was comical now. I can't believe I even did it. Um, and they didn't quite laugh us out of the room, but it was close. And so we decided that, okay, we're just going to prove them wrong. We're going to sit in this tiny office, this like, you know, six foot by eight foot office and just build this company. And for a year, we toiled completely by ourselves with a handful of interns. And once we actually kind of woke up and realized that there was this network of startups forming around the Chicago area, once we started getting our name out there and talking to them, I can't tell you how much more quickly the balls just started falling into place. And so we ended up getting into an incubator. And then through that, we met this wonderful network of angel investors who then introduced us to other VCs. And, you know, you can't build anything in a vacuum for sure. And once you start to put yourself out there and put your idea out there and let people understand how they can help you, it's just the pieces fall into place so much more easily. Desiree, that was great actionable advice. And you've given us awesome actionable advice this entire interview, and we are all better for it. 
Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, then give yourself a plug, and then we'll say goodbye. I think my last piece of advice is that if you have something that's keeping you up at night, that's just that fire in your belly, you're never going to be satisfied if you don't try. So just try it. Just go take the first step. Take eight steps. If you fail, don't worry about it. You'll learn a lot. And just go for it. And then a final plug, I think, for Give Forward is that if you know anyone in your network who's going through a medical crisis right now, even if they don't seem like they need financial help, consider creating a Give Forward page for them just so you can create that sense of community and sense of emotional support. And you might find out that they really do need the financial support too. Awesome, Desiree. We will link all this up in the show notes, entrepreneuronfire.com slash 104. Thank you so much for sharing your time, your information, your knowledge, your expertise. Fire Nation, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Fire Nation, do you have a product or service that you would like to share with the 100,000 plus unique downloads Entrepreneur on Fire generates every month consisting of passionate entrepreneurs? Chris Brogan sponsored an episode for his book, The Impact Equation, with great results. If you would like to have 15 seconds at the top of our show to share your product or message, go to SponsorEOFire.com to find out more. Thank you for joining us at EntrepreneurOnFire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.